that really flips what we're kind of going through. If you're thinking like, wow, we're all scattered and the whole gathering thing's a mess and it's on and it's off and all this, and I, man, look at look what's happened to us. It's like, what if it's happened for us? And what if you and I, what if we were not put here right now for such a time as this? Welcome to the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot to tell you. And now, here's your host, Cesar Kalinowski. Okay, here we go again, back together. So good to be back with you. Hope you're having a great week so far and experiencing grace in its abundance. Uh, We are definitely loving life right now and grateful to be all healthy and happy. In our family and in our community uh, and in those we coach, we we do something we call like uh, rehearsing the evidences of grace. Like like we, we report out like, hey, where are you seeing the evidence of God's grace in your life? And sometimes we refer to it as living in the bubble, the bubble of grace. <laughs> and those of you who are listening who know us, you know exactly what we're talking about. But there's just been, I don't know, I feel like there's just been so much grace. And the more you rehearse it, the more you give voice to it, the more you start to live expectantly. <laughs> right? Like God is good and he's showing up and he's doing cool things. And so I'll tell you one one evidence of grace, one uh, thing that we're just really excited about here, Tina and I and Team K, is that um, we're expecting another grandson in about five or six weeks. And uh, our oldest has a son. Uh, you've probably heard me tell this story before, but I'm Caesar, and I'm a Caesar three, right? Caesar Kalinowski is a kind of a family pass down name with different middle names, so that we don't have any juniors uh, to deal with. But uh, so I'm the third. My son's the fourth, and his son, uh, Caesar five, is about uh, two and a half, a little bit more. And they're expecting another son. And so coming from a long line uh, and generation of uh, only one boy named Caesar per generation, we're really excited to have an extra son who bears the last name. So we can (laughs) keep adding to the team here, the Team K. So I'll let you know what they decide uh, ultimately to name him once he's here. I'm pretty sure I know what it is they've kind of said, but you know, that could change. So I'll fill you in as we get going. Excited to be back with you today, and I want to invite you to join me uh, in the Facebook group, the Everyday Disciple Facebook group. If you're not on there yet, that's a place where we can talk and hang out, and you can ask me questions and uh, ask others, and it's a growing community of thousands of people who are trying to figure out how to make discipleship a lifestyle and uh, and get to talk about it. The other thing is we do a lot of uh, trainings there, and like li- I go live in there, um, and that's where that, that kind of stuff happens and all that. So um, I want to invite you to join that and join us there. If you can, you can go to Facebook and search up Everyday Disciple Podcast, but here's a quick link for you. If you go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash Facebook, then that'll take you right there, take you right to that page, all right? The other thing I'd love you to do is I'd love you to subscribe to the show on whatever different platform you're listening on, be it iTunes or some sort of an Android mobile app or, or whatever you're using, uh, Spotify, whatever. Could you go ahead and subscribe to the show so you don't miss it? And then if you're able to leave a little rating and you know a little review, that really helps uh, people when they're searching for all things gospel and discipleship related. And it's a blessing to us. And so um, you can also find out like all of our different platforms and where to to go and subscribe and all that if you go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash subscribe. There you go. 
couldn't be easier, right? So here we are finding ourselves in a very different time of life as the church. Um, we are really scattered. We are pushed out there, right? And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about leading the scattered church on mission and uh, kind of give you some thoughts on that and also some very actionable you know, steps and things you can begin to do. You know, the church for a long time has majored in holding worship gatherings and minored in discipleship and mission. And I think it's time to restore balance to this and once again embrace what brought vitality and explosive growth to the church, which is disciples making disciples, and disciples scattered into all of society, living as God's family together on mission, and that, that's the only mission is making disciples of Jesus. So here's a thought that kind of landed on me this week, and I was like, whoa, this is kind of bending my head. What if this pandemic that we're all experiencing and all the changes it's brought to the church is not happening to you, but what if it's happening for you? Hmm. What if all of this is not happening to us as the church, but it's happening for us? And as I thought through that, it kind of reminded me of Esther 4.14. So if you'll allow me to be your Mordecai here for a second, um, here's a little reminder. It says, who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Yeah, right? That really flips what we're kind of going through. If you're thinking like, wow, we're all scattered and the whole gathering thing's a mess and it's on and it's off and all this, and man, look, look what's happened to us. It's like... What if it's happened for us? And what if you and I, what if we were not put here right now for such a time as this? Because I really do believe this is a pivotal time in history of, of, of humanity, but also specifically in our life as the church, as God's family. The church is finding itself more scattered than ever in our lifetime, certainly, and you know, maybe because of just the sheer numbers and this type of scattering, more maybe forever. I don't know. And some of you are starting to regather together for your services, but probably in smaller and limited numbers. I don't know of anywhere that's just wide open, do whatever you want kind of thing. And some places, I know the churches were allowed to start gathering again, sort of limited, but then due to the rise in the COVID rates, uh, restrictions have been tightened up again. So all of this and everything that's happened in the past several months have scattered the church back out into our neighborhoods and cities. And so I'm wondering, like, will we step up and lead into this opportunity? Or will we be content to stream church services and encourage our people to hold little mini church services of their own? I'm starting to hear about that, you know, which is kind of like the ultimate holy huddle. It's just sort of taking the consumer, you know, watch the show and just moving it to a smaller version. Now, I was thinking about this this week, and I was recently uh, reading, rereading parts of the book And. It's called, it's called, the book's called And, The Gathered and Scattered Church, and was written by two really good friends of mine, Hugh Halter and Matt Smay. And even though this book was written over 10 years ago, it reads like it was written for today. It really does. So, so here's, here's a quote from that book, and you'll see, you'll see what I mean, see how it sits. It says, the last 40 years of Sunday services, biblical sermons, safe childcare, affinity-based small groups, and programs to fit any need are not producing the strain of Christians that have significantly changed the culture. We're doing uh, better church services than we have in the past as a result of presentation-enhancing tools that we now enjoy, yet we wonder if all our resources may actually be hindering the growth 
if growth is supposed to include depth of transformation. See, I know a lot of us have been thinking this and wondering this and even trying to transform our gatherings to change this for years. Remember, this, that book was written 10 years ago, but it feels very, very current, doesn't it? But, but, but now, because we've got no choice in a sense, that, that, that gathering that, and, and all the related programming, I think that they're kind of referencing here in the book, hasn't necessarily produced the depth of transformation in our own lives, in, in, our, in our people's lives, and certainly not in the culture, maybe that the, I, I believe with all my heart the gospel can and will bring. Here's another quote. The book says, What brings meaning to your gathering as the church is how well you scatter. Jesus gives us the key to helping people find meaning in their life when he said, Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. We read that in Mark 8, right? So it goes on and says, Corporately, it's the same. If we want people to find meaning in our church gatherings, we must help them to gather for the purposes and people outside the building. And see, I love that because we've always believed that to, to fully be the church and make disciples who make disciples who become mature disciples, and part of how you know a mature disciple when you see one is they make more disciples, um, we've always believed that the gospel needs to exist in community that is out on the mission of God, finding more people to pull back into God's family and show the world what he's like. And that's exactly what they're saying here. If you want your gatherings, even if they're different right now or limited or on again, off again, or even when we go back to, I don't know, regular or normal or whatever that even means, which maybe is never going to happen for some churches, um, if you want those gatherings to have meaning, then we got to help our people gather for the purposes and people outside the building. In other words, equipping them for the mission, calling them, calling them to this higher calling than just sitting and watching, right? Raise their hands, singing a few songs. All right, here's another quote. Check this out. And they kind of underscore this whole idea. They, they say, people get weary of church services when they realize that their participation, their participation, isn't necessary for it to continue. Wow. And see, I think that seems more true today than ever, right? Like, as it is, it's always been like 90, 10. Maybe 10% of the people in the church had any role in that. Mostly a handful of staffers and some volunteers. And then... Everybody else just kind of watches and consumes. But now, even more so with video streams and sitting on a couch and tuning in, maybe we log in and register if your church has that, but then you're kind of doing other stuff, right? So it's really not necessary for me to even be there. They continue on. They say, on the other hand, if a person feels that they must be there so that God's kingdom work can go on, they'll give up anything to gather together. This focus on the outside naturally brings excitement and integrity to gathering together on the inside. Scattering increases the desire for gathering. Oh, I love that. Scattering increases the desire for gathering. I guess that's another way of saying, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. But it's not just that. It's not just like, wow, I miss seeing everybody, and I miss getting to sit in those same two seats we've sat in for the last 11 years. It's more than just that. It's scattering and being out on the mission and seeing God at work, transforming people, seeing people go from death to life, our, our, in our own hearts, growing in the gospel in every area of life, seeing our kids come into life and community and become adults who see how the kingdom 
is part of all of life, how the gospel touches and speaks into everything, well, then that makes you want to come back together with the family and, and, and just rejoice. And like I was saying, you know, at the intro here, saying, you know, like, I want to share evidences of God's grace, his unmerited favor. Look what he's done in our family this week, in our oikos, in our community, in our neighborhood, in this marriage, in this family's life. Right, so I want to cause you know not to just scatter mini church services. Some churches are trying to figure out well, how do we do this if we can't come to the building, and so they're just kind of creating mini watch parties. Don't just scatter like the Sunday service in some weaker format and not send people out on mission. Scatter the church, which has always been people, right? Which is God's family on mission. That's what needs to be scattered, and and by God's grace has been, I believe. That's the mission Jesus gave us. And it's always been the one thing, go and make disciples. That's the mission. And, and like I said, you know, maybe this pandemic hasn't happened to us. Maybe it's happened for us. And I, and I think if we will, if we'll scatter the church, this will lead to all sort, sorts of new innovations and people finding new people of peace, people that would never have come to our gatherings in the first place, right? But now we get to take it to them. And see, this is what I want to encourage you in all this. And I hope these words from the book and just some of my thoughts are encouraging to you. If you're kind of laboring under, oh, man, this, I'm exhausted. We're trying to still gather, but now i got to put on this, this feed. But then hardly, you know, our numbers are way down, even if we add them together. And i got to help people actually live on mission and be the church. And so I guess we're pumping up our small groups, but that's just like a Bible study. That was never getting it done. So it can be very exhausting. I want to encourage you that the scattered church will make your gatherings better. And as you release people, right, with, with, with accountability but not high control, release them to the Spirit of God and to the mission, you're going to see all kinds of innovations happening. Your, your people have the same Spirit of God, right, in them that you do, that we do. And the Spirit will lead them out to glorify God and make disciples who make disciples in all the cracks, in all the neighborhoods, in all the different little, you know, streams of life that we live in. And that is going to make our gathered existence richer and more exciting. You know, one of my favorite things back in the early days of SOMA, Tina and I were part of the founding leadership of SOMA back, you know, way back in the day, 2004, when we got started. Holy moly. Uh, one of the things we loved the most was, is that, um, our gatherings were not only the easiest thing we did all week because we were living the other six days and 22 hours on mission, and that, 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 that takes work, <laughs> and that takes intentionality, but one of the things was not only was it easy, but it felt like this grand family reunion every, every time we gathered. And we didn't expect everybody had to be there or it was some sort of a failure. Like That wasn't our number one metric. It, it, was, it was exciting to us that a couple years into being the church and multiplying and starting to plant new churches, but multiplying out missional communities, we clearly had more people in community involved in missional community life than we had at the gatherings. And that was exciting because we knew something was going right. And so people were part of the gathering and they were gathering throughout the week as community, but oftentimes maybe when that Sunday service landed or we did it on Saturday night some, some years, we did it Tuesdays. I mean, we, we just moved it around to whenever it fit the family because that was primarily a family reunion. Um, they'd make it when it made sense and to be encouraged and to be together and they wanted to, but oftentimes they were with people, <laughs> which was beautiful. And so uh, things continue to grow and innovate and move outward. So now check this out. Many ecclesiologists and missiologists have, over the years, used the terms modalic and sodalic 
to describe these two necessary aspects of the church. They talk about that in the book and as well. So the word modalic is 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 that's our gathered expression, okay? In the mode of being together, modalic. And then sodalic being our scattered expression of the church. Now, I've had a hard time keeping those two separate, but there you go. So, but that's that's the reality is we need both. And I think we all get that. I think that I don't I don't know anybody who says, nope, we only need to be there in that building on Sunday. That's all the church has ever needed. Nope. And I don't think there's too many people who say, no, we only need to be out on mission hardcore. We never need to come back together for teaching, binding up, encouragement, prayer, right? We all get that. But I would imagine that most of us, probably 90% of y'all here with me today, grew up and were trained in the modalic side of the church, right? The gathering aspect of things. And hopefully you find this idea of adding and embracing more of the sodalic, the scent side of our family business, you find that exciting. But while it might sound exciting, it also probably feels a little daunting and challenging. Am I right? Right? Yeah, it is. I know it is. So here's one last question quote from the book, And. He says in the book, when young leaders grow up doing modalic activities, that's that gathered side, inside a local church, even those who may feel an entrepreneurial call outward or an apostolic call outward tend to end up reproducing cookie-cutter expressions of what they've experienced instead of contextually sensitive new works. See, here's another sort of sneaky thing about this. As you release people and release leaders sodalically, in other words, to be out and scattered and on mission and creating new communities and new ways of reaching people and new ways of being together as the church and for others, you're going to not only retain those leaders, but you're going to attract leadership. That's the kind of church leaders want to be connected to, where they're both uh, equipped and bound up and encouraged and, and right fed and all those things, but they're released for the mission that Jesus gave the church, which is go and make, go and make disciples. So what are some key elements that you may need to embrace and grow in and in turn help others in your church grow in if we're going to truly grasp this amazing scattered reality that we've been given? Okay, let me, let me give you a few thoughts here. First thing is I think discipleship needs to be held up clearly as the mission, and it needs to be defined and the goals of discipleship understood by all. It really is. Because for years, part of, I think, the reason why we've kind of lost the mission primarily as the church in discipleship is that no one can even land on the same definition of what it is or what the goals of discipleship are. Now, I'm not going to get deep into that. Uh, We talk about that almost on every episode. But I'm just telling you now, that needs to be clearly understood and defined. Because like anything else in life, if, if we're not clear on where we're going and what we're trying to accomplish, then how are we supposed to do that? And everybody's going to be going in different directions. And often, a lot of the sort of heartburn that we experience as leaders and even conflict within people and you know in ministry together comes from they've not been ever given clear understanding of the goals and what discipleship is and that that, that in fact, is the mission and the goal, right? So that's key. You're, you're going to have to do that, all right? Here's another thing that's key is you really have to form people in their gospel identity, you really, really do. Not, it's not enough just to say, hey, our identity's in Christ, meaning like we're all kind of wrapped up in him, and now when God sees us, he sees Jesus. That's true. But our Trinitarian identity, 
and, and what that all means for us it really changes everything. For years, uh, before we started really starting to ground people in their gospel identity, um, we were making some hay, and we were building out new missional communities, seeing people come to faith, and, and, and seeing things happen in our city that we were a part of increasingly. But over time, it started to kind of become new law. It was kind of sexy and fun at first, right? But then over time, it kind of became new law and, and sort of an optional thing based on how I felt about it and my own schedule and whatever, right? The understanding our true gospel identity changes our motivations. And that's really important. And, and that I just want to encourage you, get on that. And that's not like a message or just a series. That's everything we do is reinforcing and reminding people of their true gospel identity. And, and, and here, this is important too, in ways that they can articulate so that they can continue to pass it on. See, if our teaching, if our preaching, if our equipping stops at the hearer <laughs> and they can't pass it on, then we'll never get to movement, Right. Here's another thing that I think is really foundational for us is is, um, your people are busy or they feel like they are. Most people are are working. I mean, some people aren't, and that's they're making them even busier, right? Just like you're super busy. And they need to be shown how discipleship is more of a lifestyle. It's more of a lifestyle thing than getting them to add just a bunch of programs to their life. And generally, and we have the privilege of working with a lot of leaders, so I hear this stuff. Generally, a lot of people are like, yeah, we're really starting to you know, go after this you know, discipleship environment, or we're going after this missional thing. And it's like, well, what's that look like? And it's do, 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 do. And I got my people doing this, and I asked them all to start doing that, and all to pick a thing like this and start doing that once a month, and then doing this. And it's all do to be right? It's all doing instead of flowing out of the thing. People are busy, so we have to help them understand discipleship's a lifestyle that flows out of our identity into the ordinary rhythms of everyday life. And there again, you can give people handles for how that works, and that starts to change them. I'm not, I can't get deep into it on this episode. There again, this would be like a 10-hour episode, but, but we talk about this a lot. But I'm, I'm kind of giving you these foundational cornerstone pieces here. If you're going to lead your people as they've been scattered to live on mission, helping them, right, see that discipleship is a lifestyle and how it fits into the rhythms of their everyday life, not only as the church, but even with not yet believers, that's paramount. That's paramount, okay? Another thing is is learning and expressing how you, in your context, are going to balance the modalic and sodalic. In other words, how will you balance your gathered and scattered emphasis in work? Remember, if we flip the narrative that this pandemic didn't happen to us, but it's happening for us, then we're not just sort of going like, well, we have to do this, or we're going to try doing that, or the elders got together and decided everybody else needs to do this or that until this thing ends. Let's just assume it hasn't ended or won't end, or God has said, no, 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 course correction, right? Then we have to find our own new balance between and from an emphasis and funding and effort standpoint for our gathered and scattered work. Right? Now there's big clues to this how Jesus balanced his time. <laughs> and we, we can get, you know, we can get a lot of answers from that. There again, we've talked a lot about this on the show. I'm giving you foundations today to think through. How will you balance your modalic and your sodalic? In other words, your gathered and scattered emphasis. Because one thing I know to be true, that if we don't have a disproportionate amount of emphasis and intentionality towards the scattering, towards the missional impulse, the discipleship outward influence, 
we will naturally get sucked back into kind of like what we've been doing all along, right? There's, a, there's an old saying, I don't know who said it, but it says people don't know what they like, they like what they know. And so unless we give sort of like two or three times the emphasis to scattering and equipping of our people and helping them know how to be disciples and make disciples and what that looks like in everyday life versus like a program that they turn on and off a couple times a week, um, everything will just kind of suck right back to the modalic, to the gathered thing, and we'll all just kind of wait around. But remember, if you listened, if you listen to the show regularly, I said months ago, like we can't just wait around hoping things will go back to normal because the top's been popped off. And I, I, I meaning a lot of people aren't coming back to the gatherings, not not with any kind of regularity and intentionality like they used to. I'm hearing from lots of leaders to go, you know, we used to be this number, and now we're only here. And even though our, you know, we're, there's limitations on how many people are supposed to be in the room, uh, that's not what's really limiting us. And so, you know, we're, we're trying to feel good about it because we're going, well, there's only this many people on Sunday have returned, but, you know, I was checking the download streams. And if you add it up, it's like, is that, is that really our metric now? Like how many YouTube or Facebook streams we got? Or someone who logged in and said, oh, yeah, I was here? And then we add that to who was sitting in the seats all separated by six feet but not talking to each other with masks on or, you know, is that it? See, we'll suck right back to that. We have to be very, very careful and, 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 re- and realize that now that the top's been popped off, some people are going to find their online stream elsewhere. And where they're, where they're going to want to gather and who they're going to want to gather with is going to be those people they're on mission with those people that they're doing the gospel in all of life with. They're going to want to be with and gather with those leaders who are equipping them, encouraging them, binding them up, gospeling their hearts, helping them grow in their gospel fluency. Okay, right? Does that make sense? You would. If you're hearing this and you're like, yes, and you probably wouldn't be listening to the Everyday Disciple podcast if you're not into this, you'd go, yeah, that's who I want to gather with. Huh, me too. Me too. Let me break this down even further. Let me break this kind of down into some foundational steps. Here's the first one. Helping your folks grow in their understanding of the gospel and how the good news touches and transforms all of life, that's your job one. That's job one. Use your gathered times and sermons to increase gospel fluency, not just your folks' Bible literacy or their head knowledge, okay? You know, like ask yourself, are, are, are your people being trained in their gospel fluency? How's that happening? It won't happen accidentally, and it can happen in the community for sure, but you also get to use that, that modalic, that gathered side of it to do this. How can you help others grow in the gospel in ways that they understand and can reproduce naturally with others without feeling awkward and anxious? And here's kind of a side question. If this is happening, are are folks in your community growing deeper in love with Jesus right now? Are they growing closer to the Father's heart? Or or do they feel like they're just watching a TV show called their local church once in a while and waiting for everything to blow over? Like, like let's not retreat. We want our people falling deeper in love with Jesus, closer to their Father, growing in their gospel fluency. That's like, that's a huge cornerstone for you right? Here's another foundational step, right? But just kind of breaking this all down for you is um, growing closer in community and living more like a family, right? We get to, because we're all broken up and scattered. People are in smaller little bundles right now, which makes it a reality to live more like family. 
You know, we got to move beyond the holy huddle weekly meeting with the community check the box, but really start to have more and more overlap in our lives as like an oikos. That's that word that's used for the church, like for the, the gathered people, right? The extended household, the oikos, right? That we, we get to. And and this is this is unless that's happening, it'll it'll just be sort of an exported church gathering, but now in a smaller version in someone's house. We don't want that. You know, are you and everyone in your church developing natural rhythms of healthy family life together, like meals and celebrating together like family does, right? Family gets together for birthday parties and for when someone gets their job back and gets a raise and or gets a promotion or their kids, you know, uh, you know, they win the game or they get an award or getting together to serve or whatever. And I know those things are a little bit different right now, but they're not gone. I know they're not. In fact, most people are saying they're able to to have closer connections with smaller groups than they ever have felt. Lean into that, but like a family, okay? You know, is the way you're living, hopefully as an extended family, easily and naturally reproducible by everyone and in every context? There again, don't try to homogenize this. Like, I know it's easy to one-size-fits-all, roll-it-out church program, but no two families look alike, and so no two oikoses, no two extended families are going to look alike either. They have different people in them. They have different levels of maturity and gifting and skill sets and hopes, and they're in different contexts, right, and age and stage of life and all that. Are they living and being given the tools where they can easily naturally reproduce that and others could take it into their context and do the same. Think about that. That those those are some of your those are some of your challenges ahead. Okay, and here's sort of the third foundational step, right? Is is moving toward regular rhythms of discipleship and service. I kind of already spoke to this a little bit earlier, but are you keeping the mission of making disciples clear and upfront? Or are we still focused on like, well, you know, we're still trying to get this church service thing going. We got new cameras and, you know, the audio should be a lot better. We moved from this streaming thing to that. We're going to try fate, not Facebooking. We're going to try this now. Like, are you keeping the mission for the family and all the families, the scattered saints, are you keeping the mission of making disciples clear and upfront and seen as something organic, a part of their everyday life? If you will, that's going to be salty. They're going to want that, trust me, but they're going to also need help and they're going to need equipping. And by outserving others together as a community, others are going to see God's heart and what they're like, and they're going to get to see and witness this beautiful family on mission, and they're going to be very curious about it, and, and they're going to want to be a part of it. This is how the kingdom expands. You've heard me say this over and over and over. The kingdom of God expands at the speed of relationship, and the gospel then moves along the pathways of trust. You got to keep that mission of disciple making disciples clear and up front, and people need to be out serving as well. They need to be serving as well. All right, I don't have time to get into it today, but if you go back to like last fall, I think it was just after Halloween to episode 240, we did an episode called, Is Your Church Successful? New Benchmarks of Success? And I give you 10 measurements there. Um, go check it out. You can just Google uh, you know, is your church successful? New benchmarks. You'll find it. It was back. I think it was the week after Halloween we did it. Um, and I give I, I give ten sort of missional measurements that they they don't follow. Just like you know, how many people we got in our seats on Sunday, and how's our budget going, and you know, how's our building program happening. It's it's all the stuff for the scattered church that would need to get measured. And I'd love to get it all into it, but I've covered it deeply. So go back and look that up. All right, that's episode two forty. Now I want to invite you to 
take all this. Hopefully you're excited hearing all this today, but there's also just a little bit of like, <laughs> okay, I can't disagree. I certainly want all that, but how would I get going on that? I mentioned this on the last episode. I want to invite you to join me for the Everyday Disciple Challenge and Workshop that's coming up. Starts on August 17th. This is the Scattered Church Edition, okay? So if you've ever done the challenge with me before, where we do four days of like info and training and a little bit of homework, and, and there's a community there. Now, I only train for like 30 or 40 minutes every day, so it's not like, oh, I got to take off of work. No, no. It's like 30 or 40 minutes a day, and, and you get a little bit of homework and a little bit of like trying out some new rhythms of life, but all of this is going to be sort of taught in the context of being the scattered church and how we make disciples now. Let, let me, let me kind of run down what the four days are going to include for you. Okay, because this is going to really speak to kind of all these foundational issues. It's, it's why we're doing it, by the way. It's why we're offering this, and it's free. Okay, um, the, day one is, is, is what is discipleship? And I'm going to share with you a practical working definition and framework of discipleship that will forever change the way you make disciples of Jesus. It really will. It'll reframe it, and it'll be instantly pass onable. <laughs> it's not a real word, right? Second day, day two, we're going to look at our gospel identity, this foundation. And like I said earlier, understanding how our true identity changes motivations and sends us out on mission is key to being the scattered church, is key to making disciples in everyday life, okay? Super important. And I'll give you tools for this and like frameworks and downloadables. I mean, I'm going to load you up, okay? I really am. And and we'll have lots of Q&A in the, in the you know, online in the group there and all this. Anyway, uh, day three is going to be discipleship rhythms where I'll reveal six ordinary rhythms of your everyday life. You may have even heard me teach on this stuff, but I'm going to talk about it in context for what we're experiencing today, not only scattered, but still with some of our social distancing limitations. And I'll give you these six rhythms of everyday life that are perfectly created by God for natural daily discipleship that fits everyone's schedule. It really does, because it's not programming. It's this intentionality of our identity lived out through everyday rhythms, okay? And then on day four, we're going to look at um, how we find that missional balance I was talking about. How do, we, how do we find the missional balance between gathering and scattering? And we'll look deeply at how Jesus balanced his time and intention as he moved his disciples from kind of being curious onlookers you know, and like temple attenders to uh, being mature disciple makers. And this will really, that day four will really answer the how do we do this question, okay? So I just want to encourage you, now's the time to start new discipleship rhythms as the scattered church in everyday life. And, and this is stuff that once you grasp it, it'll last well into the future. So it's, you know, it's four days of live training, worksheets, framework support, all your questions answered, me, not just me, but our whole team. I was kind of doing a little kind of head math about this. And I was like, wow, you know, like I get flown all over the world by God's grace to train and equip people. And sometimes I, you know, I do consultations, uh, you know, for churches on the phone and send them out stuff or record videos for them. I was like, this would be like over $700 if uh, stuff easily if I was to do this, <laughs> you know, for somebody, right? But it's free. So there you go. Um, I, I, I just want you to join me. And I even give away, check this out, just for coming and participating and doing the daily homework and kind of like logging it so I can see and answer your questions. I even give away like Amazon gift cards. Here's how you can, here's how you can register for that for free right now, okay? Go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash challenge everydaydisciple.com forward slash challenge, and you'll see a little you know, info page there, and you just 
punch in your, your name and email address, and uh, we'll send you all the information you need so you can join us for that challenge starting on August 17th. All right? Okay, as always, I want to leave you with the big three takeaways from today's topic. Okay, if nothing else, don't want to miss this. I kind of gave you the three foundations, so there might be some overlap today, but um, anyway, if you want to get a, a printable PDF of this, you can always do that by going to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three. Real quickly, and I'm going to scoot, uh, here is your big three for today. Don't miss this one first. The church was always meant to be both a gathered and scattered people, and we need both if we're going to grow. Our maturity in Christ and depth of transformation best happens as we live as Jesus lived and as we make disciples the way he did, which was out on mission. So take advantage of this scattering that we're experiencing to lead deeper into the more sodalic and missional forms of being the church. Use your gathered experiences to prepare your people for a lifestyle of discipleship, not just business as usual, quote unquote, while we're waiting around for something to change or go back. Okay, number two, the opportunity for the good news of the gospel to be heard, seen, and experienced by not yet believers is big right now. Everybody's flipping out, and, 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 and they're wondering about everything. Just turn on the news, right? There's so much going on. We were all created in the image of a good and present, loving, powerful, and creative God, and sent with the high calling to make disciples of Jesus, who is the glory of God, right? Showing everybody what he's truly like. And that happens across tables, over meals, on walks, and while serving together. Let's create a legacy and reputation in these times that will transform all the days ahead. And number three, steward this time of change and openness to the new. You know, no one in your church can say, well, we've always done it this way. Nope, not for the last four or five months we haven't, <laughs> right? Spend extra time equipping your people in the only mission Jesus gave us, making disciples who make more disciples of Jesus. Spend time doing that. Like, ramp that up. Exercise low control with people, but high accountability to help your folks get into new understanding and rhythms and practices. You know, paint pictures with your life for them. You got to do this. You got to lead this. Show them how this is paving the road to a new way of being the church in the future as this crisis passes or whatever we're found with. And remember, what if this pandemic and all the changes it's brought to the church is not happening to us? but happening for us. And leaders, perhaps you've been placed in your position for such a time as this. Yeah, I, I really do believe we have been, right? And, and I want to invite you not only to the uh, Everyday Disciple Challenge, this scattered church edition, but why not invite all your people to go through it with you? Last time we did this months and months ago, it was a little different version of it, though. Um, we had really savvy leaders who not only did it with us, but they invited like all their small group leaders and people you know in their communities to go through it with them. And then they would hop on a Zoom call afterwards and talk about it, right? Yeah, right? And sometimes they'd have to do a watch party and watch a replay like in the evening, and then they would get on and talk about it. And it was it was like... Wow, we just got all this free training, and it's really helped move the needle and, and refocus us in a bunch of ways. I want that for you, okay? So again, you can go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash challenge and register for free right now. Don't put it off. You'll forget. You'll space. And depending on what time of the week you're hearing this, this thing's coming up on Monday the 17th, all right? Well, time's up. 
I got to run. I'm so grateful that you were with me today. Um, Join me again next week. We're going to be talking about why people don't want to serve others and live on mission. And I think you're going to find this pretty eye-opening and pretty timely as well. Okay? So I'll see you then. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on this show and to get loads of free discipleship resources, visit everydaydisciple.com. And remember, you really can live with the spiritual freedom and relational peace that Jesus promised every day.